Hey, welcome to Next Steps. Today we're going to be talking through Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and what does that actually mean? Hey, today we're going to look back at our Mountain and Valleys trip, and we are also going to see how we can spend more time with the Lord. So listen in to Next Steps. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, well, good morning. This is James Adcock. I'm here with Miss Darby Bell Adcock, my mm-hmm. daughter-in-law. And good morning. we are here back at it after the Smoky Mountain trip. Oh, yeah. We are survived. You, yes. Are you recovered? Yeah. You know, I don't know if we can say that for everyone else, but it, it was truly... We called it, it's called the Mountains and Valleys Adventure Trip, yes. and it it was an adventure. I think at church yesterday, if I'm, we're probably 99% of the Smoky Mountain attendees were in church yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they were. So, I mean, we're, I know we were missing one off the top of my head, but maybe, but even with that, I think everybody else was there, so that was a huge achievement. Yeah. Um, I know we got back uh, Friday, but uh, you had Saturday to kind of recover, but yeah. it doesn't always happen that way. No. So. I hope everyone got rested and you know, it was interesting. I, I had a message on from the book of James that I was coming into Saturday with. And then uh, I had a funeral Saturday night and I came home and I just I just really didn't have peace about the message on James. It was it was gonna be surrounding the tongue. And we got a little visitor with us this morning. Yeah, we do. It's and, a tink uh, everyone. Hey, we're on studio thirty nine thirteen. Anything can happen here, <laughs> That's man. Right. So you don't like cats, sorry guys. <laughs> but uh, oh, just go hang. Just go hang out with us. That's cool. Um, I just didn't have peace about it, and I just keep coming back to Psalm 23. And I haven't been able to shake Psalm 23 in my personal life. Uh, I preached on it for about six weeks after we got back from Israel, um, and God just like got go back to it, and I was like, man, I think people might be getting tired of Psalm 23, but <laughs> I don't know. What, what what was your feeling? I mean, you know, it's easy to say. Some people, if people are saying that they're getting tired of, of certain things, there's just, there's always more, there's just always more in scripture. The, the word is living and it's active. And the more that we can chew on scripture and like we always say, get it in our bones and get it into, weave it into the very fabric of who we are. There's, there's just always more and God wants to show us. So I, th- I think it's, it's something to continuously come back to. Yeah. And you know, we, we weren't here last week because of the Smoky Mountains trip, but mountains and valleys, but you know, we, we, we taught on Moses and we taught on Abraham or uh, Joshua, and then we brought that to Jesus. And and I think it was when I was doing some studies in, in, in my Jewish um, studies on shepherding that really captured my attention on this because obviously David says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I think I always thought about that shepherding from the front yeah, or shepherding there with you. But... And I don't know what David's referring to. I mean, David doesn't say the Lord's shepherd, you know, the Lord's my shepherd from the front or in the midst. But I, I took that idea and I, and I went back to Genesis 48, verse 15, 
where Abraham is told by God, I want you to walk before me. Mm-hmm. And then his grandson, Jacob, on his deathbed is talking about his grandfather, Abraham, his son, Isaac. And he says, we walked before God and God shepherded us. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me differently than, than typically before because I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I'm, I've always thought shepherd from the front. Yeah. So even in the Smoky Mountains, when we were talking a little bit about this, one of the questions I pose, and I pose to you and our audience now is, where do we often see leadership at? It's normally at the front. Normally from the front. You know, I remember hearing a guy say, if a, if as a coach, if you know you're going to get fired on Monday, make sure you're out front leading the charge, you know. And, and I think there's this idea, and, and we're in football season, and typically one of the first people to run through the – the stadium for college football, at least, is the head football coach. You know, here comes Nick Saban. Here comes, you know, Jim Harbaugh. Here comes, you know, Marcus Freeman. And uh, just this idea of we're going to lead from the front. We're going to lead this team from the front. And to come back and say, wait a minute, God sometimes shepherd, shepherds us from the back really kind of threw me for a little bit because I think it was so different. And I think even the question, you know, going back to, you know, saying at the beginning of, you know, people are, are they getting tired of this kind of stuff? And, you know, it's easy to just hear the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, I know. And, you know, those of us who have been um, in the church or walking with Jesus for a long time, it's like, yes, I know the Lord is my shepherd. But really what helps us, again, we talk about context, context matters yeah. of just what does that mean of our, our, our Western understanding of what shepherding means can tend, again, because leading Shepherding, leading, he's walking in front of us. But really, what we learned in Israel, let's go ahead and just kind of break down what shepherding is and what that looks like from a Middle Eastern standpoint. Yeah. uh, Now, the shepherds we saw were all male, Mm -hmm. but often they're female, Mm -hmm. which really struck me strange because we have this idea that, and I don't, you know, not trying to get political here, but we have this idea that that women don't do much in church, right? Mm -hmm. That there's not this position for women to just kind of sit in the pew and be kind and, and, and be gracious. If we need a good meal, cook us one. Right. Yeah. And Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we, we, we come to this and I'm thinking, because I'm listening like, um, I think it was, uh, Vanderay who leads kind of like George does. And he was talking about, he, he went over and, and lived with these, the shepherd family for a while and he went out one day, but he had to get special permission because the two shepherds were his, were the were the father's two daughters. Mm-hmm. And so he's out there in the fields with his two daughters, and here's this father thinking, do I trust this man with my two yeah. two girls? And he said, these these girls were amazing shepherds, mm-hmm. amazing shepherds. And um, sometimes in Middle East, what we saw, we usually saw two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, sometimes, I don't know if they were taking a break, but usually when we saw them, they were kind of talking with each other, and the goats or the uh, sheep were all around, but... The one thing that, whether it's one shepherd or multiple shepherds, we find that shepherd can lead from the front and the sheep follow or the goats. And then you have, sometimes they're in the mist and they're, they're walking with the, the animals, but sometimes they're, and they're in the back. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, we're always contemplating shepherding from American point of view and all this lush green grass. And uh, over there, it's rocky terrain. So when David said, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. It's not like these beautiful Hallmark cards or these, you know, idea that we have this beautiful green pasture and there's sheep out there just grazing and resting. It was rocky terrain up and down. And 
the the rock what what I found interesting was at night there's humidity in the air mm-hmm. and because there's humidity in the air the rocks contain some of that moisture and so some of the bigger rocks will often drip around their the edge of the and the little sprouts would come out from there. That's green pasture. Yeah, over there it is. Over there it is. Mm-hmm. And so the shepherd has to keep them moving, whether it's from the front, the middle, or behind. Because if a, she- if a sheep are left to themselves or goats, they will eat all the way down to the roots. Mm-hmm. So he has to keep them moving in the direction that, he, that they're trying to go. And they nibble the top. Mm-hmm. So they'll get around rocks. That's the reason why, that's the reason why you, when we in the Middle East, we've seen sheep and goats, they were scattered everywhere. Now, the shepherd knew them, yeah. knew where they were at. And they often had a dog. I don't want to leave the dog out. we got a cat with us today. But, yeah, we do. But they often had a dog, and that dog made sure if one got out of line, it brought it back into the mm-hmm. to the fold. But they're just moving along, and they're just nibbling as they go. And there's a purpose behind that because the shepherd understands that in order for this to, to restock, to be refilled, they only can eat the top. Yeah. Can't eat down to the root. And take it away, it won't grow back. And it's it's amazing that David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down green. He maketh me to lie down green pastures. He setteth me beside the still waters. And it's just this beautiful picture of God's provision and protection for us. And there are times we may not want to move. Yeah. There are times that we may not want to, man, this is a good spot, Lord. I, I, I kind of like it here. And God's like, No, we got to move. Yeah. We got to move because there's, there's, there's other flocks coming or there's, other things that we got to get to, you know, when we we're in Israel, our, our rabbi, uh, George, he, he'd say, come, let's go. Mm-hmm. And some of us were like, I'm not ready to go. Right. Oh yeah. You know, even and, on our <clears throat> mountains and valleys trip, we had a lot of, we're not ready to go. Yes. And I, and I think that's how it is in life. You know, it's like, God's like, Hey, I'm ready to move. God, I'm not ready to move. And, and, and we didn't talk about it yesterday. I, I thought about later on under Moses, after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God is leading Israel by cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And how often I wonder Israel is just like, I hope God just camps us out here for days or months. And then there are other times where God just constantly kept them on the move. Yeah. And the children of Israel just moved as God moved, stayed as God stayed. And it's kind of a picture of our life today. Now, we don't have a pillar of cloud and we don't have a pillar of fire at night, but we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit's that, that breath of God. It's that movement within our hearts that tells us hey it's time to do this it's time to stop it's time to pause and i think an even uh another picture that we got we had in when we were in the middle east they had the wadis that were they were the valleys and there really was no way um to go back there it was really difficult to to climb out of so you shepherds would actually bring their their flocks down there because the the roots or the the green pastures there, there would be tiny little little pastures down there that the, he would bring the whole flock down but again it had to keep them moving because there was danger behind and you know is this the only reason that we are moved in our life probably not but it is it's also another reason that the enemy is a very real thing and you know I think that God really keeps us on the move of just he like you're just talking about protection and there's yeah. there's when you're in a wadi when if there's rain that's going to come like that it's going to flush everything out and the, you're going to lose your whole flock yeah. um so i just i think it's another great picture of how even when god is moving us it's just it's to keep us protected yeah the wadis in the middle east are totally different than the wadis in the smoky mountains mm-hmm. i mean we're talking six 12 inches in the smoky mountains and they've had them kind of they found them and they either 
trace them out with concrete or some other kind of ditch line. But the wall D we were in uh, the summer was huge. And we, a couple weeks prior, there were a couple young teenagers that drowned in that wall D yep. because what the shepherd knows and the sheep don't is a shepherd knows they got to continue moving because he knows there possibly is a river going to come through here. Yep. There's a rainy season. They don't get a lot of rain, but when they do, the wall Ds are crazy dangerous. Yeah. And sheep get lost, sheep drown, shepherds drown, and the shepherd knows that there's intimate danger ahead. And we got to go down here and drink, we're going to go down here and graze a little bit, but we're going to continue moving because there's danger. And I think God's that way too, and I agree with you that the idea of shepherding is not always moving us because of danger. Yeah. But it's it's obvi- obviously it's one of the main characteristics that a shepherd does is he's protecting his flock. You know, there's another beautiful image of shepherding that we didn't see a lot of because we we seen them out in the fields. And in the evening when we came in, they they were already often within their gates. Um, but many times when we think of a gate here in the United States, we think of a gate that closes and opens with a lock. Theirs was just an opening in the in the in the walls. Yeah. And the shepherd slept there. The shepherd sleeps there. The sheep, the goats are inside. And so the shepherd is there knowing that if anything's going to get in, it has to come through him first or her first. Yeah. And they protect the sheep. And so many times when, when they get up in the morning, uh, in, the, in the case of, of Mr. Vanderay, it was like 4.30 in the morning. sun's not even rising yet. And he wakes up and he sees one of the girls, one of the girl's shepherds, and she's up and she goes out into the pasture. And when as soon as daylight hit, hits, she begins to speak or play a flute or do something, and the sheep recognize her voice. Yep. And they understand, that's my protector. That's my person who leads me. And they just they just file out, and they go to where she was at. And Vanderay said it was one of the most beautiful things he'd ever seen. Uh, he, he even got kind of emotional about it because he was just like such a beautiful picture of Jesus talking in John chapter 10. Mm-hmm. I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice yeah. and, and so you know when when that happens it's it's this beautiful picture and we keep coming back to shepherding and I just think it's something and maybe just in my personal life that I'm just like I'm just starting now to grasp yeah. s- uh, just a tiny bit of what God refers to when he says I am your shepherd and I I, I agree with that and, and for anybody that's listening that maybe just has the question of like yeah I know he's my shepherd or maybe I, I've heard that he's my shepherd, but I don't really know how, like, how do I, how do I, how do I make him my shepherd? He already is, but just how would I go about doing that? And I, I just, I think it's a beautiful picture again of if, if the sheep know his voice, that means that the shepherd had, or he or she, the shepherd has spent time with these sheep. He is, he or she, and we're just talking Middle Eastern terms right now, but he's spent time with his flock of, of, I don't, I don't know how one goes about training their, their flock, but yeah. I quite imagine that's just a lot of time spent with, that, with, with them. So for us, as you know, the Bible tells us that we're, we're like the flock of sheep to Jesus and he's the great shepherd and just spend time with him, you know, like just press into to his, um, to his, his word in the morning. And if you're just like, well, I don't even know how to hear, yeah. hear his voice. Like how, how, how would you say giving some tangible um, just help and tools that we could hear his voice. Well, we keep going back to the Middle East, but we had the opportunity where we stopped on the side of the road and we had the goat herders, mm-hmm. the, the shepherds with the goats. And they were two young boys, so I'm not sure if, they're, um, if they were yet 
the expert shepherds that they were going to be down the yeah. road. But there was a baby goat. And if you remember, uh, George picked up that baby goat. and So cute. Yeah. And, and George just smoothly talked to it calmly, um, petted it. He was kind of hushing us down. Mm-hmm. Hush, you know, he was petting that goat. And it was interesting to me because I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm watching George, and he's, he's very good with the goat. I watch the shepherds, and they're kind of watching him with the baby goat. And then I'm watching Mama Goat. <laughs> and Mama's over there, and she's throwing a little fit yeah. because her baby's in someone's, strange, someone's hands that's a stranger to yeah. her. But that's not the only goat that was upset. The main goat was upset, mm-hmm. the goat with the bell. Yeah. And not, not all shepherds use bells, but often their most trusted sheep or goats wear a bell. And that sound of that bell as they're moving along tells the she- other sheep, because sheep like following sheep and goats yeah. follow goats, that, hey, it's time to move. Yeah. Dong, 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 the bell goes. And, you know, and they follow that. And the image for me, and coming back to your question, is I got to spend time in the Word. I got to spend time in prayer, talking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, if, if George would have had a few more minutes than what we actually had, and it happened. It happened before. We're talking with our friend Terry mm-hmm. and McFarland about this. There was a, another trip we weren't on, where George took a, a, a goat or a she, baby sheep, and he was able to hold it long enough and talk to it long enough that the sheep immediately bonded with him. Yes. Sir. Now, I don't know how long that takes. It might be different for for every sheep that's out there. But how much time are we spending with Jesus? This comes down to the question. Yeah. In His Word, um, in prayer serving him by serving people you know we think well the church is to come and listen oh the church the church is that the church is a service yeah that's where we encourage we coach worship together but what we're out here doing in the community in our work and our schools that's that's how we live for jesus and that and so am i praying am i in his word am i serving mm-hmm. um and getting to hear that voice that that voice uh, speaks to us, that gentle voice, I think is one of the main indicators of how to hear the voice of God. Yeah. Um, reminded of Elijah, you know, he's on the mountain and, and this wind, this fire, all this stuff, and it's amazing, it's loud, but God says, I'm not in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's this hush, still small voice, and it's like, Elijah, I'm in the still small voice. And, and it's amazing, Psalm 4610 says, be still. We're so busy, Darby. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, and whether you work or don't work, kids or no kids, married or not married, it doesn't matter. Everybody's life seems so busy that we're strung out. You know, we're just, we sit down for two minutes and our eyelids grow heavy because it's the first time we've kind of paused. Um, that's the reason why sometimes when people sleep in church, I don't make a big deal about it because I'm like, it's probably the first time all week they've yeah. sat down for 20 minutes. And, you know, if I'm able to give them a little bit of rest, Maybe that's my gift to them that morning. Cool I don't know. Cool pastor That's so, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but the fact is we're so busy that in our busyness, we sometimes put God on the back burner and I'll catch up later, I'll catch up later, I'll catch up later, and later rarely comes. Yeah. And that word, that, uh, that still small voice that he's talking about, the Hebrews, the Hebrew word for that, it's, it's kol damamadaka, which means the still small voice of God. And, and if that, if, if you were like, you know, cause it's easy to just be like, well, how do we get close to God? I got to pray. I got to do, I got to do. And there, it, it kind of ends up being this like checklist. And if you're even hearing that, I'm like, well, I don't even have time to do that. Just li- pressing into that, that kol damamadaka, the, the still small voice that it's not going to be 
a, a huge rushing wind like he's talking about in that in that story it doesn't come in, in different ways it comes in the stillness of just pressing into to that voice and if if you don't even know how to do that take 10 minutes and go outside with your cup of coffee I'm clearly a coffee drinker all the time but go outside 10 minutes even if it's a walk whatever it is but just take some time to just have stillness and and you'll be surprised it might not happen the first time but that's what we're talking about of, of training of of training our ear and our hearts to to be able to hear hear what God really wants to tell us because he's there and it's we think it's all these things that we have to do but really it comes in in the rest and the stillness because that's he, he he like it said when he makes us lie down by green pastures he wants the he he wants that for us and the stillness and the peace we used an analogy last week we traveled 80 miles per hour to get to the smokies we get into the smokies and the speed limit is 25 30 miles per hour now at 30 miles per hour we're picking up a little bit more details but now we're on the trail and we're walking pretty slow in the essence of what whatever walking is but it's mm-hmm. slow compared to being in the car and now we're picking out much more details and what, what, what if we take that same analogy to our own spiritual lives? We're moving 80 miles per hour, but I'm going to slow down to 30. Now I'm going to slow down to be still. And now, now when I'm listening for the voice of God, now it's much more detailed. Mm-hmm. Now it's much more uh, intriguing to me. I, I've always wondered, did Jesus and his disciples bond more together at the fire night chats than they did at the, mul- at the multitudes that they fed mm-hmm. or seen miracles with and, and and i don't know for sure i mean there's not nothing in the bible that talks about that but i just you know i know that we took 18 people to the smokies right yeah and we had these hikes and we had these devotions in the, in our in our cabin and, and i i felt like i got there a day late but i got there tuesday and i felt like with each meeting the bonding grew closer because we were paused. Mm-hmm. We weren't the hiking ones. I mean, we hiking, even in hiking, we would hike so far, find a place. And then we stopped and we, when we had these chats and I felt like there was these bonding moments that happened on the trail, mm-hmm. but there was more bonding as a group that took place in the, in the, in the, in the paused moments. And, and I wonder if that's just true of our own spiritual lives today. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the gist of what we've been talking about in this. What's our next steps of faith? And mm-hmm. that's kind of why this podcast is called Next Steps. And I would suggest today that maybe our next step is to find that place with coffee, water, Coca-Cola, um, whatever your um, favorite drink is, and just sit there and listen to God. Yeah. And I know, you know, we, we know... When you have kids, parents, you are working 12-hour shifts, whatever it is, we know that there is just not enough time in the day. But if you guys really can just take that next step and it's time of, of just carve out five minutes, ten minutes of just just your moment. Tell the kids you, you, they, you need a second. Tell your spouse or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, I, I need a second. And, and just start building that into your day and start with five minutes, make it to ten minutes. And, and we really... I think that we can both attest to, and many people can, of just when you build that time in, you'll be surprised at, at how, how, how calm, not just how calm, but just you'll, you'll start to hear the voice of God. You really will. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to use this. You know, if uh, someone walked in today and said, hey, James Darby, let's go run a marathon, 26.2 miles. 
you and I might be able to do it. I'd cry, but uh, I'd do it. <laughs> we may have to walk a little bit, may have to crawl a little bit, but at some point, hours down the road, we're going to see that 26.2 miles, but it's not going to be easy. And there would be some people probably say, well, I wouldn't be able to do that at all. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that. And, I, and the reason why I share this is because I'm going back to James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. And he said, when you want to start doing yoga, start with rolling the mat on the floor and then roll it back up. Do that for a week. Mm-hmm. And then put your yoga clothes on. Do that for a week. And he says, you're not going to accomplish anything, but what you're accomplishing is the discipline to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally agree with you. Maybe I start with, this is where I'm going to do it at. This is, this is my quiet spot right here. Or like you said, this is my five-minute spot right here. And if five minutes is too long, maybe this, I start with one minute. Yeah. And, and, and I create the discipline that's going to bring great amount of growth spiritually to me and physically and emotionally as well down the road. But i got to create the habit. Yeah. If, I, if I start off today and I'm doing the marathon I'm probably not going to do it tomorrow I'm going to be too sore I'm going to be like why did I even do this I got to start small steps eventually lead to great milestones in our life so we're going to close it out today I want to thank you for listening in today to our podcast Darby thank you for joining me again today and uh, thank you for listening as well we hope you have a great day see you later